Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Faith for the unknown. If I can draw your attention to 1 John chapter number 3, in which the first verse where John says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. When I was a kid back in the old church, there was this hymn of the church that we used to sing. And the title of the hymn was, I am a child of God. Praise the Lord, my heart with his love is beaming. I am a child of God. I don't know if anybody ever heard this song before. Heaven's golden light over me is streaming. I am a child of God. And the chorus said, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I have washed my robes in the cleansing fountain. Ain't got no old saints in here. I am a child of God. Anybody remember that song? Second verse said, let the saints rejoice. With my raptured spirit, I am a child of God. I will testify that the world may hear it. I am a child of God. Let a holy life tell the gospel story. I am a child of God. How he fills my soul with his grace and glory. I am a child of God. This is an old hymn of the church. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I have washed my robes in the cleansing fountain. I am a child of God. Safe from sin today, every band is riven. Everything that would hold me is cut, it's done. I'm a child of God. Through the tests of life, I have peace from heaven. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You know what? I've washed my robes in the cleansing fountain. I am a child of God. So interesting today in a moment in which we are talking so much about identity. We are talking so much about who we are, but there was a time when what they wanted you to identify with was that you were God's child. They wanted you to think of yourself as a child of God even more than they wanted you to think of yourself as a black person or as a white person or as a male or a female or as a, of any cultural background. The, the thing to do was to say, actually, you know who I am? I'm a child of God. Somebody said, what are you? There's all kinds of answers that we want to give now. Them, I'm a man, I'm a, I'm a whole man, half man, real man. These are my pronouns. Now, actually, I am a child of God. 
What are you? Well, I'm a Virgo, but wait, wait, wait. No, yeah, wait, what? beyond all of that, no, no, I am a child of God. Well, I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Kojic. Well, I'm a, I'm a Presbyterian. Well, I'm a, I'm a, no, no, no. What you were supposed to say is, I am a child of God. What are you? I'm an American. Huh? I'm an African American. I'm a Chinese American. I'm a Puerto Rican American. I'm a Mexican American. I'm a Mexican. I'm a Ghanaian. Wait, wait, wait. That, that, the, the idea was that we were supposed to get this Jesus thing to an identity thing. Where for all of us and everyone who may be dealing with any identity crisis, a part of the answer in the word was, hey, guess what? The love that we have received from God has made it so that we are called children of God. Meaning that we are recognized as God's children. When I was younger, there was this movie that was out called Children of a Lesser God. And I don't remember what it was about. But all I'm saying is that in a sense, that's kind of what we are vying for. The question this morning is, where are you a child of God or are you a child of a lesser God? Are you a child of some agenda? Are you a child of money? Are you a child of your own idea or your own purpose? Or is it possible for you to say, you know what? Number one on my identity chart is I'm God's child. I'm a child of God. You know what I've done? I've actually washed my robes in the cleansing fountain. You know what I've done? I've decided that I'm going to be saved. I've decided that I gave my life to the Lord. I don't hear nobody talking to me in here. I decided that I'm not going to be like everybody else. I decided I'm not going to just be somebody that adds a little Jesus to everything in my life. I've decided I'm not just going to church because I like what the church has. I'm not just now some kind of weird Holy Ghost consumer that gets to decide who gives me the best Holy Ghost here and who gives me the best church experience there and who do I get? Let me taste this word over here. Let me taste this word over there. And oh, let me see what their worship's like and let me see what this is like and this place is close and this place I like this. And no, no, no. The, the, the point of all of this was to reach an identity place. Where all of this gets inside and you begin to feel different about yourself and you wake up in the morning tapping on your chest and say, I belong to God. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm a believer. I, I trust the Lord. It is quite natural for you to come together and hold your hands up and bless the Lord and wave holy hands because this is something that children of God do. Shouldn't be uncomfortable for you to say hallelujah. Shouldn't be uncomfortable for you to say thank you Jesus. It shouldn't be uncomfortable for you to find yourself in the house of God. Should not be abnormal for us to find you praying. Oh, I need a witness in the building. Somebody ought to see you pray. Somebody ought to see you lift up holy hands. Somebody ought to see you say hallelujah. Somebody ought to see you consistently worship, consistently give because you're a child of God. 
and you have changed your mind and you have washed your robes in the cleansing fountain. Meaning that you have decided that you're not going to be like everybody else. And you're not going to church because it's lucky. And you're not going to church because Pastor Andy's funny. And you're not going to church because the music's really nice. And you ain't going to church because the seats are comfortable. You're going to church because you're a child of God. Matter of fact, if you were raised the way I was raised, the seats weren't comfortable. Oh, help us. Hold. The, the room wasn't cool. There were no snappy titles. There was, there, was, there was no screens. There was no really good music. If the choir sang and got everybody happy, you were happy. You had a fan with a family on the front of it because if it got hot in there and you were there all day and you were there because you were a child of God. You were there even if you didn't like the pastor halfway, you were there. Because you saw yourself as a child of God. What, why is this important? Why be a child of God? Why does John take this minute to say, hey, what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. That somebody would identify us as God's children. Why is that important? Why push this whole family thing why are we supposed to be saints in the house of God and think of ourselves and brothers as brothers and sisters in God's house Back in the day, you called somebody Brother Johnson, Sister, Sister Smith, Brother Jones, Sister Turner, because we were brothers and sisters in God's family. That's how we were supposed to think of ourselves. We were supposed to think of ourselves as the family of God. That we bow our knee before the Father from whom all his whole family on heaven and, and earth derives its name. So that we realize that we're the family of God on the earth and there's a family of God in heaven and we are his children. Why is this important? What is the benefit of being a child of God and not just being a servant of God? Why is there such an emphasis on this? Why do we say our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Why is that such a big deal? Well, I mean, you see it there in that verse because he says, dear, uh, he says, and he says, what great love the father is lavish on us. That is what we are. That is what we are. And the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. So right off the bat, just from what John says, John is saying you should be okay being a bit misunderstood. Should not bother you being misunderstood. For anyone who being misunderstood makes you angry or annoyed or bothered, it's okay. For anyone who feels doubted. Anyone who feels like folk don't know what I can do. Folk don't know who I am. For anyone who feels like they are being judged less 
than what they are. For anyone who worries about the state of their country or their culture or their union. For anyone who wonders, where is the country going? For anyone who wonders and worries about the secularization of our culture. For anyone who's afraid to send their kids to school. For anyone who's afraid of the slant that the, that the world has taken. That is bothered by that or can be caused fear by that. The verse says, yeah, well, you have to realize that the way is not recognized because the father is not recognized. One of the ways that somebody knows you is they know your people. I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I'm sure you have. I'm almost positive that somebody has come to you and said, you look just like your daddy. You look just like your mama boy. And which you should say, yeah, thanks, but I came from them, so I should look like them. But the, the truth is that I am recognized since someone knows Gilbert, Gideon, since someone knows him, they think they know me. I don't know if you've ever had this experience where somebody thinks they know your parent and think they can just come and touch you and talk to you and tell you, I changed your diaper. And you're like, yeah, but I ain't wearing no diaper now. Like, give me my space, like back up. But because of the familiarity they have with your people, they just figure they can get all in your business. So what are you doing these days? Like I'm still five. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I'm about to be 55. It's like, but the reason why is because as a result of recognizing who you come from, they recognize you. So that your identity is also connected to this family relationship connection. And what's more is if you're not recognized it's not as bothersome to you because you know who you are. My God, I'm not trying to get too deep. But what I'm saying is one of the worst things that can happen to anybody is for them to be shaken at their identity. Now, there was a time when there was a whole lot of things that were given to you and spoken into you and taught to you to help you to identify who you were. Because if someone can disconnect you from your identity, they can talk you into almost anything and make you feel almost any kind of way. The reason why folks... Would people, would identify you by your people is because you were supposed to be in a world where people knew your people. For all of us who feel kind of like, oh, life is hard and it's tough and we're failing and it's difficult, might I suggest that before we call ourselves failures, we might need to admit that so many of us are trying to be successful totally separate from anybody that really knows us. 
Marriage is hard enough to do without you and your man being the only people in a town and y'all don't know nobody. Now you got kids. You don't got nobody you can trust them with. It's going to affect you. It, you I, I don't think we, we really understand. Doc, doc, look, I don't think we understand the psychological impact it has on people. I'm talking to, my, to the, the one that runs my counseling. Staff. I don't think we, we understand how crazy it makes you when you find yourself amongst strangers all the time. There's something that your mind needs. There's something that your soul needs that is connected to familiarity. And when you decide to pack up and move to a brand new place just for a job, just because you're going to make more money doesn't mean you're going to have more peace. Now, I know in church we want to say, you can have your money, but give me peace. A peace that passes understanding. I got you. You know what a part of the peace that passes understanding is? Connection. Fellowship. Community. Community. So before you just go chasing something totally foreign, understand that there's something about being around an identification. And a part of the way that the Lord says, all right, well, let's rectify this. If your father and mother forsake you, the Lord will take you up. Okay, here's what we'll do. What we'll do is we'll get you to identify with the house of God and the family of God. We'll tell you you're a child of God. You're God's child. How about that? So wherever you are, God is with you. And you now can rest in the benefit of being a child of God. What do you get from being a child of God? Well, I can give you several things that you get, and I'll throw a couple ideas on the screens for you if you're taking notes. If you're watching in here in the room or around the world, I'll give you a couple of ideas of why this whole children of God thing and why this is such a big deal. Number one, right off the bat, just, just based on the exegesis of the passage, the first thing that happens by being a child of God is you understand that it's about love. That this becomes a love relationship. It's not just about rules. It's not just about this book. It doesn't become a law relationship. It becomes a love relationship. So that John the Revelator says, you know what the real love of God is? Is that you're called a child of God. Because the child of God has a love relationship that's different than the servant of God. Servant of God's great, but you're at another level when you're at child level. So that the love connection is deeper. The love connection is more real and you begin to focus more on a love relationship with God than a legal relationship with God. And at some point, legality replaced the love relationship. But by being a child of God, I, I experience the love of God on another level. By being a child of God, I, I experience provision because the, the parent, if there's a provision that's there, you provide. So you, there's a rest that you have in the provision of your parent 
that's different than if you're just a servant. Number three, there's a, there's a favor that you have when he's your father. You have a confidence in a favor because your relationship is closer. Parents favor their children. There was this video that was out on Instagram or TikTok or something. Somebody sent it to me of some guy on a plane got real upset and is just sitting there cussing about some baby on a plane. And he's just fussing as a baby. The baby been crying for 45 minutes and he's just upset. Somebody sent it to me like, can you believe this? And I'm like, I can. I can believe it for a couple of reasons. I can believe it because I've definitely been on a plane with somebody that don't know what they're doing with their baby. You don't get on a baby on a plane with a baby without cookies and you got to have stuff. You got to be prepared. But the truth of the matter is, you are way more annoyed by somebody else's baby than you are by yours. Oh, I need a witness in the building. You step on a plane and you see a baby, you're like, "Oh, Jesus, help us." God, move by your spirit. Holy Ghost, help. Because somebody else's baby, there's a favor you have for your child that you don't have for somebody else's child because there's a favor that's there. Number 4, there's a protection. There is safety as a child of God. You know that God is going to protect you and watch over you and care for you because you've decided to identify as his child. You've decided to say, yeah, well, I'm a child of God and God is watching me because I'm one of his children. That's how I see myself. That's how I identify myself. I'm not just somebody that's just hoping God cares for me. I took it to the next level and I, I decided to surrender my life to him and because of that, I became a child of God. And now because I'm a child of God, I have a prayer life and God talks to me and I know he cares for me and I know he watches me. So I'm only going to worry but so much because I cast all my cares on him because he cares for me. Because I belong to him because the Lord knows those who are his. That God's foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows them that are his. And then number five, and it's my point, is the reason why there is such an emphasis on being a child of God is because as a child of God, you have potential. If you don't write nothing else down, please write that word down. Potential. Potential. Part of the reason why this whole child of God argument has been made. Part of the reason why John is saying to us, now we are the children of God. Reason why he's saying, hey, guess what? Great love the Father has lavished on us that we can be right now standing solid on two feet and say, right now, I'm a child of God. Right now, I belong to him. I can't seem to get off this point. Let me get it deep down. And somebody, if you're worrying, if you're wondering, you shouldn't worry about your soul. You shouldn't worry about where you're going. You shouldn't worry about busting the hand wide open. All you got to do is call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. All you've got to do is say, oh, well, Lord, I belong to you. And that's it. All you have to do is believe in your heart that he's risen from the dead and you're saved. 
and then you belong to him. Let's not be so caught up in church membership that we get away from the real membership, which is membership in the family of God. I need a witness in here. I need somebody to say, yeah, I'm not just a Baptist. I'm saved. I'm not just a Christian. I'm saved. I'm not just religious. I'm saved. I'm born again into this new family. And now I'm a child of God. Why does the Lord say, great, are you there? Yes. Can I knock you over? Nope. I'm pretty solid. Yep, nope. I'm pretty good. This foot's down. This foot's down. All right. Yep. Right now, I am a child of God. Right now, I belong to him. You know, I just, I just want to make sure that everybody has that confidence. So let's do this. I just want everybody, I want everybody to put your hands on your chest. I want everybody to close your eyes. And even if you're watching around the world, I want you to do this right now. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Everybody say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for salvation. I receive it as a gift. I believe you're alive. So I surrender my life to your family. And I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Now everybody clap your hands and give God praise. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. You just received a gift. I don't care if you received it 20 years ago. You just received it again. I don't care if you've been saved for 40 years. Guess what? You just got that gift again. You just got a confidence that God is in your heart. You better say something. You just got a confidence that you are a child of God. You just got a confidence. This is what Jesus died for. He died and rose again so you might be saved. Now, if you saved, wave your hand at me. If you saved, wave your, your, your hand. Somebody says to you, what happened today? You say, I'm saved. I got saved. I gave my life. This happened, but I got saved. The enemy tried to kill me, but I got saved. He tried to take me out, but you know what? I gave my life to God. Whatever it is that you're dealing with. I lost my job, so I got saved. I was addicted to this thing, so I got saved. I was terrified. You know what I did? I got saved. Saved by his power divine. Saved to new life sublime. Night life now is sweet and my joy is complete because I'm saved. I, I want a believer. I, I want somebody to say something to me. I'm saved. We done got away from this. I'm so sorry. Please forgive us. We done made church so comfortable for you that we have lost the ability to make you a little uncomfortable in the knowledge of your salvation. Because when you save, you praise God no matter what. When you save, you love the Lord whether things are going your way. When you're saved, you say, I don't care what's happening. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. When you're saved, you say, hallelujah, anyhow. When you're saved, you say, watch me tomorrow. God's about to turn. When you're saved, you say, late in the midnight hour. God will turn my situation around. When you're saved, can't nobody make you too upset because you saved. When you save, you don't, you want to cuss folk out, but you don't, mostly. 
When you're saved, you tell people, well, I would knock you out, but I'm saved. When you're saved, you say, I would cuss you out, but I'm saved. When you're saved, you tell people, I wouldn't, I would hold you. There was a time when I would never forgive you for this. But you know what? I gave my life to the Lord. Not, I started going to church. No, no, no. Going to church is not enough. Anybody where save changed stuff. Save changed stuff. Save changed your mind. Have a seat. One of the things that's so insane about today is how much people need the Lord and don't have him. You find yourself having a conversation with someone and you want to say, this would be a whole lot easier if you just were saved. You don't know how much you need salvation till all hell break loose. For everybody who needs God to make everything perfect, you're missing the real benefit of salvation because the real benefit of salvation is he's there for you in the dark time. I need a saint in here to tell. And sometimes you're closer to God than others. And some of the times when you're closest to him is when you're in the valley of the shadow of death. That's, that's when you know you need a prayer life. And there's nothing sadder than somebody in that shadow and don't have God. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a horrible place to be when you need God and don't have him. You want to have him before you need him. And if you don't need him, keep on living and you going to need him. Something going to happen that's going to break your heart and you're going to need him. And when you need him, you don't want to be looking for him. You want to know exactly where he is. You want to be able to turn and say, Lord, I need you. And he'll say, I'm right here for you. I've been here the whole time. I've just been waiting on you to call me. I need a witness in the building. I need somebody to say something to me. You can't have a Christianity that only works when everything's perfect. Salvation holds your back straight. Salvation makes you feel like going on. Salvation sees you through the disappointment. Salvation makes you keep going when they don't give it to you. You know when you save? When you believe to get it and you don't get it and you still believe. That's when you save. You ain't saved when you believe to get it and you get it. Saved is when you ask God to heal you and the healing has not manifested itself yet and you still, and you still say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I will bless him at all. That's when you saved. You're not saved at your testimony. You're saved at your prayer request. Oh, I need a witness in the building. And I don't know what we're going to do if we ain't saved. Sit, 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 sit. I got excited. The reason why this is such a big deal is because he's saying, all right, 
Are you saved? Everybody, are you saved? All right, everyone watching around the world, are you saved? Just type saved in the comment. All right, I'm saved. Maybe I wasn't sure, but I'm saved. Pastor Andy led us all into prayer today. I'm saved. Might have came here wondering, but I'm saved. Why is this important? Well, one of the reasons why it's important is because in verse 2, he says, Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. One of the reasons why it's so important to establish where you are now is because you don't know what tomorrow holds. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to say something to everybody besides myself. You don't know what tomorrow holds. No, I'm going to say it one more time until somebody can say it. You don't know what tomorrow holds. My grandmama used to say, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know he holds my hand. So, even though right now I'm a child of God, but what shall be is unknown. Actually, as a child of God, I have the potential to be anything. It's one of the reasons why the Lord said, unless you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom. Because the Lord wants a clean slate. Lord doesn't want a whiteboard with a whole bunch of writing on it. The Lord isn't necessarily interested in all of your plans that you have in pen. I used to tell a story. I don't remember last time I told it where in, in the house that I owned, I don't own that house anymore, but I had a man cave. It was on the third floor. All the way up on the third floor, I had a man cave. My own room with my own shows. And I would get up there and I'd be watching my stuff and then I'd get hungry or thirsty and I would want somebody that belonged to me to bring me something. God knows I didn't want to walk all the way down the stairs. So I began by calling on my phone. I don't know if you've ever done this, if you're ever this lazy, but you're in the house and you call someone else in the house on your phone. They're in two rooms over and I'm calling them on the phone. I'm calling my wife. I'm calling my daughter. I'm calling. No one's answering. So then I just start yelling. Hey. Hey. I'm sitting right on my couch. I'm not getting up. Hey. Dad's calling. Hello? Nothing. My mouth is getting more and more dry. My, my, my belly is growling for a sandwich. Finally, after 10 or 15 minutes of that, one of my sons, I don't remember which one, but one of my sons, he might have been seven or eight, nine years old, 10 at the most, maybe he was 10. He came upstairs looking for me. And he opened up the door and said, 
oh, dad, here you are. And before he said a word, I said, oh, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you came in here. Listen, go downstairs, find your mother and tell her to call me on my phone and bring me a bottle of water. Tell her I need an egg sandwich and go right now. And he just, uh, 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 and he ran to do what I told him. I have no idea why he came looking for me, but the minute he got in my presence, his agenda got trumped by mine. I have no idea why you decided to get in God's presence. I have no idea why you decided to come and find the Lord, but might I suggest to you that God has a purpose that's bigger than your purpose, that God has a plan that's bigger than your plan, and he might not care what you have written in ink. And the minute you get near him, he may give you some instructions that may totally trump whatever you think is a problem. May not even be a problem to God. The reason why we accept that we are children of God is because the Lord wants us to be okay with the unknown. Now I know it's easy for us to say amen and I'm saying amen and you're saying amen. Thank you very much. But if we're honest, we will admit the unknown is scary. The unknown is, 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 is hard. The future is unknown. The future is unknown. Now we are children of God. And what we shall be has not yet been made known. The, the thing that's beautiful about this passage, it applies to everybody. If you're 25, it applies to you. If you're 28, it applies to you. If you're 34, it applies to you. If you're 51, it applies to you. If you're 60, it applies to you. If you're 70, it applies to you. If you're 90, it applies to you. If you're here fully healthy, it applies to you. You don't know what's next. If you're here and they're saying you're sick, the future is unknown. If you have cancer, the future is unknown. If you have a heart problem, the, the future is unknown. If you have diabetes, the future is unknown. But if you're fully healthy, the future is unknown. If you have a job right now, the future is unknown. If right now you've been laid off and you're scared, let me tell you something. Just because you have a job don't mean the future is secure. Oh, I need a witness in the building. A part of the whole point of this is for you to be able to have faith in the unknown. To be able to navigate the unknown. That's what ought to make you different. Is that just because you don't know, don't mean you bothered. You ought to be able to say, well, I don't know. But there are, there still is a confidence that I have. And if you have ever stepped out into the unknown, just holding God's hand. And if God has ever held you up, you come out of that in a, with a different kind of confidence. Because you learned something very valuable. And that is that the future is unknown. 
This is a word. This is a word to us. In any generation, it's a word. It's a word. I can apply it to different generations, but it's a word to all of us because all of us can struggle with the unknown. And what's more is we come to pastors and men of God and apostles and prophets and evangelists because we want them to comfort us by giving us some clarity on what's happening. But sometimes we don't know. <laughs> sometimes we don't have an answer for you. Sometimes we just have to say, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I, but I can tell you this, that a part of the purpose of faith is to see you clear in the unknown moment. A part of being a believer is the ability to navigate the unknown. It's what we see in Genesis 12, and I'm running out of time, but I, I'm sure you've heard a word from the Lord and everybody got saved. But it's a part of what we, we learned, what we see in Abraham. One of the things that made Abraham so unique is in Genesis 12, the Lord says to Abram, I want you to go from your country. I want you to go from your people. I want you to go from your father's household to the land I will show you. To the land I will show you. We almost always just gloss over that because we know it's Canaan. Doesn't mean that he knew it was Canaan. So the father of faith, Abraham, started on a journey not knowing where he was going. The beginning of his relationship with God was stepping into the unknown. I just want that to settle on all of us. That the seed of faith of the father of faith Abraham was well I don't know but God will show me we see it a lot in his life because later on when he sacrifices Isaac when he's about to sacrifice Isaac the Lord says to him take your son Isaac and sacrifice him on a mountain that I'll show you so here he is again on a journey to a place he don't know and he's got a son that's supposed to be the son of the promise that God is telling him to sacrifice on an altar. And how is that supposed to happen? And the Bible says that he reasoned in his mind that God would raise him from the dead, but he had to do that because he didn't know. So the Lord says to him, listen, I want you to leave what is comfortable and I want you to go to a place and I'll let you know when you get there. I just want us to be honest about how crazy that is. Because most of us like our routine. We like what we got. We like where we live. We like where we are. We like the ways we go. We do the same thing all the time. If the Lord appeared to you and said, I want you to leave everything comfortable and go somewhere. Where, Lord? I'll let you know. Just get on 40 and start driving. <laughs> your people would be like, you going where? I don't really know. Everybody would think you were out of your mind. You moving to Wilmington? I don't know. 
You moving to Rocky Mount? No, I'm not. No, I don't know. Where are you going? I don't know. It ain't Rocky Mount. Where are you going? I don't know. You going to Wilson? Wilson. Where are you going? I don't know. Take some faith. I said it takes some faith to face the unknown. Might I suggest for your consideration, my brothers and sisters, dearly beloved, that we mess stuff up trying to be sure about something that you can't be sure of. At some point, you have to let go and let God. At some point, you got to stop worrying about it. At some point, you have to just give in to the fact that your brain don't know. I don't know. How do you do that? How do you deal with the unknown? I don't have time, but I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. The main thing to do when you find yourself in the unknown is to ask yourself, well, what do you know? When you're like, I don't know. Got you. I'm there. I'm sorry. I just need to know who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to you, just wave your hand at me. If you're in around the world, I just need to know because this is where I am. So I'm preaching to me today. So I'm sorry. I hope this message applies. But I'm somewhere. I don't know where I am. My GPS won't connect. I'm just like, Lord, where is this? How did we get here? Where are we going now? What is the next thing? I don't know. How God is going. I don't know. So what do you do when you find yourself navigating in the unknown? Well, the first question the Lord said to me is, all right, well, son, what do you know? And I would suggest that what one of the things that Abram, Abraham knew that I think is important to know when you find yourself in the unknown is number one, he knew God's voice. He knew God's voice. I, this sounds so basic and so fundamental, but it's just so needed. Because if you don't know God's voice, you won't know that the word you heard that sounds crazy is really him. And way the enemy tries to attack you is to tell you that wasn't God. And you have to have confidence to know that you heard from God. If you're going to actually keep on walking to get to the place where God told you to get to. But you won't be able to do that if you're not sure if it was his voice. Can I get a witness? I just need a witness. If you don't know it, if you don't, if you're not sure it's his voice. So you, you have to know his voice. 
and it's something that we stopped teaching. I'm sorry. We taught you so much prosperity and taught you so much Jesus will fix it and taught you so much God, 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 and we taught you, and we hyped you up so much. We gave you so much that your itching ears wanted to hear. And I'm a part of it. Please forgive me. I, I understand it. It was my generation that wanted you to like God and, and, and wanted you to like church. It's my generation. Forgive me. Forgive us. We wanted to make it real comfortable and give you really great stuff. And, and we, I don't know if we have quite done the job that we were supposed to do to teach you the most important thing. And one of the most important thing is, oh, that was the Lord. Oh, hold, hold on a second. God is talking to me for just a second. The, the, to know his voice. How do you know his voice? Let, let, me, let me tell you how you know his voice. The beginning of knowing his voice is reading his word. <laughs> I just got to shut this down. I just got to get off the stage because people are like, yeah, I got to go. I'm, I'm about to see fingers go up in the air because, first of all, we don't even read. We're so into Netflix and so into Amazon Prime and so into Hulu and so into HBO Max and you can tell I watch them by me talking. We're so into all of it, Paramount Plus, oh, it's wonderful, that we don't actually read the Bible. But back in the day, they wanted you to recognize God's voice. And so they wanted you to read his word because then you start to hear his word inside of yourself. I'm going to make everybody clap for that. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart. They wanted you to hide his word in your heart because they wanted you to hear your mind hearing the word, not my voice. They wanted you to read the word because once you got into reading the word, then you began to be able to acknowledge and recognize what they called the inward witness. And an inward witness was when your Bible was closed, but you stepped into an opportunity and you heard a voice on the inside say, this ain't going to work for you. This is not a good deal. This is, and it all added up, but there was something on the inside that told you, uh-uh. I just need somebody to say, Pastor Andy, you on, you on point, you on point. And then what they taught you to do is to obey that inward witness. And if you ever had the experience of not obeying that inward witness, and after all hell broke loose, now you're telling the Lord, Lord, if you ever give me another chance, Lord, if you ever let me do it, Lord, I promise you, I will listen the next time. And the Lord will just sit there and let the situation beat your behind. And you're like, Lord, please, Lord, just stop it. Lord, please, just, just come on, Lord, come on. You know that you learned to recognize God's voice. Some of it was from the word. Some of it was by trial and error. Which means you had to admit failure. You had to admit, well, I didn't listen to the Lord, and this is what happened. It's not, oh, well, all things work up. No, no, no. It's the Holy Ghost warned you. You did not listen. I'm going to talk to myself. I did not listen. It's okay. I'm preaching to me. You ain't got to wave. I did not listen, and now I'm dealing with the consequences of not listening. Can I get a witness in the building? I am now dealing with it. And you know what? 
it makes it so the next time you hear that voice, you listen. You stop. The Holy Ghost says, shut up. And you are like, and I was about to, and you shut your mouth because you have learned the word and the witness. You've got, all of us, we've got to develop a relationship with God. It starts with the word. It starts with praying. You should talk to God on the regular. You're not talking to yourself, you're talking to him. Well, Lord, I'm about to go in here to work. Just tell him. Lord, I'm about to go in here right now. Lord, I'm about to go up here. Lord, I'm about to go over. Lord, you need to talk to them. God, you are going to need to step, send angels, send angels. Because, Lord, I'm not trying to get in no trouble today. Lord, you know I am not trying to get in my flesh today. Lord, you know I get in my flesh. Lord, you know I like to cuss. But you better might as well go ahead and tell him he already know. Lord, you know I'm tired. Lord, you know I didn't sleep last night. Lord, you know this little, this little nigga, this, this little person over here about to get popped. Lord, you better, talk, you better talk to him. Lord, you better heal him. You better step in. If you want me out here praising you and not in jail. No. What I'm saying is, is you got to talk to God. He'll talk back. Talk to God enough, he'll talk back. He will shut you up. The Lord will say something like, oh, well, they're just like you. Then you're like, oh, see, Lord, why you got to go there? <laughs> if you can develop a relationship with him, you'll hear his voice. And then when you hear his voice and you know his voice and you recognize his voice, then when God speaks a word to you, you can say, I know God. I know God spoke to me. I was reading the word. I was reading. As a matter of fact, I was reading and then Pastor Andy dealt with that in the pastor. Or this preacher dealt with that. And I know God is speaking to me. And you know what? God's about to turn this thing around for me. And God's about to make a way for me. And I don't know how, but I know his voice. I don't know how, but I know his word. I don't know how, but I know the witness that I have on the inside. You've got to be okay with the unknown. Because there is no great without the unknown. There is no potential without the unknown. You got a little baby that's one or two. You have no idea what they can be. What they shall be. Three, four, five. You have no idea what they shall be. You have to be okay with the potential. And when you accept it for them, you accept it for yourself. You have to imagine the possibility that five years from now, you won't recognize you. Now, I'm going to speak that over everybody because we all need a change in our lives. We need God to change us. We need God to change our attitudes. We need God to change our situations. We need the Lord to change our money. We need the Lord to change our families. We need the Lord to change our wealth. We need God to move on our behalf. And we're not going to get it stuck on what we are now. We have to just let go. We got to stop telling God everything to do. He's God. He's not your servant. Sometimes you just got to trust him. Tis so sweet to trust him. Just let him work. 
Let him do his work in you. I promise you. He's got a plan for you. It's not to harm you. It's not to hurt you. It's to give you hope and to give you a future. But you got to watch your mouth before you mess it up. You got to let God be God. And accept the fact that the unknown is unknown. Dear friends, now we are children of God. What set Abraham apart was he realized that he did not know where he was going, but he knew God spoke to him. My sheep know my voice. And my prayer is that we will know him. Stand on your feet with me really quickly. Cross your arms around yourself. I'm going to pray for you. You heard a word from the Lord today. I'll make this whole room my altar call. This is it. After I pray, you can go. We've got stuff going on, whatever announcements, whatever it is. Look on your bulletin. This is it. We'll pray for you and let you go. Amen? This was good. Anybody hear the word from the Lord today? All right. Okay. This is... This is the final prayer. This is the dismissal prayer. Nobody's talking after this. Because I want you to hear God talk to you. And I want you to be very careful because I'm going I'm to pray for you. I'm a man of God. I'm going to ask God to do something for you. And the Bible says that God hears us when we pray. And what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So I'm about to ask God to start talking to you. The Lord's going to start talking to you. You've got to pay attention. Because he has something for you. Now he's going to speak to you in dreams and visions. He's going to speak to you on the inside. You may even hear an audible voice. I don't know. But I know the Lord sent me here specifically to tell you that the future is not known. But his plan for you is significant. It begins by accepting that the potential is limitless. Faith means that nothing is impossible for God. So put your hands around yourself. Don't lift them. Just cross them around yourself. I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray right now that you'd fill every one of us with your spirit. I pray, Lord God, that the spirit of God would fall on us like never before. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Lord, you said in the last day you would pour out your spirit on all flesh and that there would be dreams and visions, that there would be prophecy, that there would be words of knowledge, that the Holy Ghost would break out amongst us. God, we need you like never before. Our generation needs you. Boomers, we need you. Xers, we need you. Millennials, we need you. Zs, we need you. God, we need to hear you clearly. So God, I pray right now that you would open us up on the inside. Remove the barriers that are stopping us from hearing your voice. Right now, God, I pray that we would receive your spirit. That the Holy Spirit would rest on us like never before let it fall like rain 
Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Make us, mold us. Lord, fix us, shape us with our hands on our own chest, God. We break down the barrier and we break down every wall. We break down everything that would block us from hearing your voice clearly. God, we break down the carnality. God, we break down every voice and every hindrance to your word thank you God for the Holy Spirit in this room and in this room and in every room watching around the world God give us a prayer life break us out break us out and break out amongst us be God in our situation. Lord, you said that though we are given the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, that there will be a voice that speaks to us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that you would begin to talk to us loud. Lord, forgive us for not listening. Forgive us for being deaf. Forgive us for being dull of hearing. Lord, just talk louder to us. We're going to hear you this week. Lord, we want to hear you speak to us. God, I pray for dreams. I pray for witty inventions. I pray for ideas. I pray for visions. I pray for plans. I pray for strategies. I pray, Lord God, for you to give us a plan in the unknown moment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the power that's at work within us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the comforter. Thank you that we can get connected to it. The word still works. Thank you for that anointing we receive it in the name of Jesus Lord thank you for bringing us together from around the area thank you for bringing us together through the media from around the world for everyone on YouTube and everyone on our app and everyone on Facebook and everyone that's watching however they're watching whenever they're watching God thank you that you are drawn us by your spirit we're your children we have washed our robes in the cleansing fountain. And we're your children. What great love you've lavished on us. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood as we leave, as we go home. We're leaving here different. We're not the same. We're saved. We're filled. And now, God, we're asking you to speak to us like never before. Watch over your people. Be gracious to your people. Favor on your people. Peace on your people. Healing amongst your people. Bring us back next Sunday as we talk more about how to navigate the unknown. Use us for your glory. We magnify your name. The name of Jesus. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Give somebody a pound or a hug. You're welcome. Give somebody a holy hug. Give somebody a fist bump. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. 
visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.